yeah. You know, and actually, the rest of the world is very good at go out, going around the houses towards their thing. It's almost like you have to earn the right to do your thing. Okay, so welcome back to Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking. And this week, it's just with me, Alice Sheridan. Louise is taking a break, but I have got somebody with me that I'm really, really pleased to be able to introduce you to. Our topic is going to be about coaching creativity, um, which I think it's something that people ask me about very often. So I think that's going to be juicy. And this whole thing about honest generous humorous conversations and getting you thinking is so up her street she is a perfect guest and this is my coach for the last four years I think we established or was it even five years Judith Morgan welcome Judith thank you for being here hello Alice how are you I'm very good just so that we get to know you a little bit what have you been working on what do you fill your week with and what have you been doing this week Oh, well, I've been doing something exceptional this week. I have to do it from time to time, but it isn't anything related to my business. I am, as you know, but your the, the majority of your listeners may not, I am what is called um, a digital nomad, which means I operate. It was always my intention, actually, to op- to work online with clients all around the world so that I didn't need to be in any particular physical spot. And... Although I own, as a property investor, four flats, it doesn't suit me for one reason or another to live in any of those at the moment. So I'm not, I don't want people to think I'm homeless. I've chosen to be uh, a digital nomad for a while, and it's quite testing, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. But my, my project this week was to set up my housing arrangements for all the way through to next March, if I could. I've been staying, I've been doing this for two and a half years and I, uh, about half of the time, slightly more, I stay with kind and generous friends who want me in their house for a reason or not. They might be away for extended periods of time or they might be the sort of person that's got a big house and could use some company or different reasons really. And then in, in between, I'm what I call a professional house sitter. Yeah. So when, when hairdressers ask me, what do you do? I say, I'm a professional house sitter. And they go, oh, what does that mean? And I, I explain what it means. It means when householders are away from home for any reason, I go and stay in their home and feed their fish and look after their cats. Um, I, I work with this site called Trusted House Sitters. And now that I've been a trusted house sitter for some time and got a lot of, racked up a lot of five-star reviews, a strange thing happened. And when I listened to your show a couple of weeks ago, you were encouraging Louise again in some woo-woo. And what happened to me was I heard that they would like me to move out of here. And I went back to Trusted House Sitters with a heavy heart. And that same night, Trusted House Sitters did something it had never done before, which is it sent me from desperate householders um, invitations to me to come and stay. Normally what happens is you, I, go on the site and I somewhere and I pitch and they say yay or no actually they always say yes but on this occasion the business came to me if that oh, we like did, that don't yeah, we? we do it's ease we do, I didn't yeah. have to do anything and um you can probably imagine that house sits in London are very popular 
and I don't want to be in London because yeah. I live there all my adult life but everything I own is in my car and you can't park your car in London unless you're a resident so I choose the ones in the countryside which are not very popular yeah very safe and easy for me to be with all of my possessions in my car so I pitched for Limington and I got Limington and then a friend offered me her house for December and January in Oxfordshire and so I'm booked all the way through till nearly next Easter which feels you know relaxing yeah settled settled yes but yeah. it's quite it's quite upheaving I know you had a surprise this morning and so did I which is they nipped around and said could you move out for three nights over tomorrow because granddad's coming to stay we'd like to put him in here so I phoned a friend in Manchester can I come and stay for the weekend so it's all a bit ad hoc and I and testing in terms yeah. of moving a lot and misunderstandings with friends and so forth but the upsides are resilience yeah. uh, how I've learned how little I need I've learned what I really do need to be happy and content and efficient and what I want in a home when I when I next settle down and I think all of that's valuable sometimes it feels like a big price to pay but um, it's it's valuable and I think the other thing is that you know so often with our with our homes it's somewhere that we stay settled for a long time and the fact that you've been in different parts of the country different types of houses that's a big opportunity isn't it that actually you know sometimes we get it a little bit when we go on holiday but it's not the same as living in different no I agree with you and that's been a surprise because you know I've fallen in love with the British countryside which I didn't even own or I don't still don't own Wellingtons or any yeah. outdoor clothes or anything like that I'm a proper townie um but what I would say to any listener who's contemplating it is trusted house sitters and other websites like that are global so you can have free holidays anywhere in the world and yeah. you don't have to be single you can be a couple you can even be a family so when I do you remember kitten gate where I sat in the yes. summer yeah they'd actually gone off on, yeah. on a house sit of their own while I was house sitting yeah. their house so it is it's it's the doorway to adventure sometimes it gives me itchy feet when I look at it <laughs> when I when I look at kind of you know the opportunity of living in different places because it's something that I've never done you know it makes me feel very no. very well, dull I'll, and I'll, very boring I'll tell you two thoughts one is uh, a bit woo woo I'm a Torian and what's ultimately important to us is our home and our sanctuary and I think all of us need a sanctuary which is a place yeah. where we feel safe and calm and from which we can do our best work but yeah. the opportunity is there for anybody and you can dip your toe in you don't need to be a career you could do it once a year for a two-week yeah. holiday or a weekend even yeah yeah okay so that's your week it's funny isn't it we often find that these things cross over a little bit so um some of my week has been about talking about sanctuary it's still just getting used to the joy of this studio space and um we had a not such a good DIY weekend and then we sorted out shelves, but we kind of left everything on Sunday. So when I arrived to start the week, there was sawdust everywhere that needed sweeping up and before I could get going. But um, again, it's just, it's still feeling like such a treat and a lovely space to kind of get into and work and just exciting to feel how already it's making a difference to the way I approach work. So um that has been the kind of painting part of the week. I've also been, I had a really solid day yesterday on working on what I call overhanging stuff. And I, maybe we should talk a little bit more about, um, you know, how we usually work together when we move into the main topic. But I know, you know, that this comes up for me 
just things that get in the way of what we're supposed to be doing but so it felt good to do that and then yesterday I had a lovely trip out with some friends to see Peter Doig exhibition so I'm only going to mention this briefly it's on at Michael Wormer gallery which is in Mayfair in London which is a really really weird building and there's two rooms actually three rooms um, of Peter Doig's work and last time I saw his paintings they were in I think it was the Royal Academy so huge great big exhibition space and these are more normal rooms but some of the paintings are really big some of them I didn't like at all and then there was one room and it's almost a bit like the kind of room you expect Masonic Lodge meetings to happen in and there were kind of carved wooden gargoyles and the the guy who was what are they called the people who sit there and make sure that you don't spray paint the paintings I don't know attendant or something yeah (laughs) but he actually knew a lot about Peter Doig's life and um about the Caribbean island that these were all painted on and the the there's an island that has often been in the background of a lot of his paintings which is a prison island and yet some of them are to do with when he actually went out to this island and the view back so that you've got this kind of two-way viewing thing going on between these two islands that you're being you're looking at it in the distance yeah and you're looking out from it from it yeah and very interesting kind of stories about the the figures in the paintings and they're quite haunting anyway it's on until the 17th february it's free it doesn't look like an art gallery so when you find it on your google map and you get outside you think am i in the right place and you have to ring the bell and go into this house so um if you're in london anybody and you want to go and see that i highly encourage you to do it Okay, so we're going to move on to our main topic and we're going to be discussing coaching creativity. So I guess it would be helpful for people to know a little bit about how we started working together, right? Yes. Shall we, shall we give them two versions, yours and mine? Yeah, go on. You go first. <laughs> I, I think um, it was when I was the coach on John Williams' Screwwork Let's Play 30-Day Challenge in about May 2014 it might yep. have been June and it was a 30 day month long thing yep. which I absolutely adored and met something like 200 people a lot of whom became my clients um after that sometime after that or since or yep. people I still work with now on an ad hoc basis that's where I met them um I think that's right isn't it yeah that's right and I think the reason is because you know you work with somebody or you see how somebody responds to things over that 30-day period you know a little bit in your brain clicks hmm quite like this there's something about what she's saying that makes sense to me I'm gonna hang around Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to do always as small business people or business people or you know this the sense in which a creative person is a business owner themselves because they're you're trying aren't you in all in all marketing activities even nice ones like this to leave an imprint on the right people so that they either recommend you or remember you or get in contact for any reason yeah and just give them a taste so that when the time is right yeah you know they know where you are so that's where we got to know each other but I wasn't doing painting on that on that 30-day challenge because I didn't think that that was a viable option at all I was painting on the side, but yes. I didn't think it was a viable business option. I was doing this home hustle thing, which you thought was a useless idea. 
Did I? And did yes, I say did. Did, did I say it's a useless idea? I'm sure I said that afterwards. Did I say that on the 30-day challenge? Um, I just I do remember thinking it wasn't a very good use of your talents. It was to do with sort of was it room design and graphic design or something like that? It was sort of interior, but it was it was more to do with getting people together in a space and discussing it. And I think you said. Uh, there is no business proposition in this what's it's a very nice idea but you can't possibly make a business out of this and I thought oh well there we go funnily enough today we probably could five years on we probably could get a business out of getting people together in a room to discuss something yeah so that's how life's moved on in five years isn't, isn't that it interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah really interesting but you know it was a good call Yes, and, and also I'm fairly sure that when we, have, when we had our first proper call one-to-one and you had told me about your art, I probably would have said, well, we've got to do art then. Yes, you probably did. You're a good one for just going straight to the thing. Well, I want people to do their thing. Yeah. You know, and actually, the rest of the world is very good at going around the houses towards their thing. It's almost like you have to earn the right to do your thing. Why do we do that? Why do we go all the way around the houses what is it about giving ourselves permission to do what we really want to do because this must come up time and time again well i think it's probably two reasons one is we're scared yeah um because when we're creative the thing that we offer the world is ourselves isn't it in part or in full yeah and we don't think we're good enough um which i don't believe in and the other one is um, it doesn't seem viable, I think, yeah. to, that an art, to an artist or, or a writer or anything like that. that, that is a bit, they, don't, they don't see that that is a business or could be a business or could support them. But you and I have proved that, proved that one wrong in five years. And I think that that's almost inevitable, isn't it? That you can't, you can't see where it's going to lead because you're at the beginning of it. Can't see where anything ever's ever's going to lead, can you? I didn't know I was going to stay in Manchester for three nights this weekend. You can't. You just can't. You can't, can you? <laughs> no. So okay. So if you're at the beginning of something and you yep. can't see where it's going to lead, and you don't, uh, you, I was going to say you don't have the trust in it. Mm. I mean, is that where the coaching comes in? Well, I do think it's about trust. Trust is the word that was in my mind just as you said yeah. that. So I went mm, because I would not encourage anybody I was listening to on an introductory call to do something that I didn't think was viable. So if somebody kept, well, there you go, your, your idea. I clearly didn't think that was a good idea, so I didn't encourage you. But um, I think sometimes I have to say to people, trust me, just get in amongst it and see what happens. It's like trust that... <laughs> that there is a possibility. We don't know yeah. what you, I remember you and I agreeing that we didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah. But, but we both wanted to give it a go together. Yeah. And that's enough. Yeah, and that was the huge thing for me because I mean, to be honest, I didn't even know what a coach was. I mean, I think there are, there's a, I mean, I think people were starting to know back then, but it was very much that you only have a coach if you're a mm, serious business person or, what is a life coach? I have no idea. But the whole space of being able to have somebody else to talk to about your thing, which is not, it's not the same as a regular conversation with friends, because when you have a regular conversation with friends, there's a kind of, oh, I'm not going to be able to say this word without stumbling, recipro 
what how do you say it reciprocity that's the one yeah (laughs) i also think they've got a vested interest yeah what so they can't be totally they're not clean they just just want to be encouraging don't they well either that or depends on the nature of the friend some of them are resentful or they don't want you stepping outside the box because then it'll be clear to everyone they're still stuck inside theirs yeah and this is a huge issue around family things as well yeah yeah they want to keep you safe yeah they do or husbands or or they don't want you to leave the day job or it's very confused yeah so having having a coach or somebody else to talk to about that I think lets you really explore your ideas and I think one of the biggest learning that I've had from working with you is to understand a little bit more about my own feelings for things and like when we have conversations about things sometimes it's even just in verbalizing it out loud you know yeah. I come to the call with a question with an idea and and this has taken this has taken time we can talk about this but now sometimes I even say something to you out loud and I say oh no I'm not feeling I thought that was a good idea but I, well, I, I didn't want to do that now what I realized early on is that creative entrepreneurs and that's what you are whether or not you lay claim to it they get clear with their mouths open and so, me too so when I was being coached I, I would uh, some, I would be talking and something would come out of my mouth and I would go oh my god did you hear what I just said the answers yeah. for the right people for whom conversation is the right medium and it yeah. isn't if it isn't for everybody because quite a lot of okay. people want me to tell them what to do which as you know I don't really do I do sometimes but I don't really do it's the clarity that comes from you talking, me listening, me asking you a question, me sharing my opinions, me sharing what I've seen work with other people. It's sort of like a creative brainstorm all the time. Um, And the coaching bit, well, there's sort of, there's the fact that I've been in business for 40 something years with hundreds of different types of small businesses. And there's also the fact that I'm trained as a coach so I can support you when we're we're dealing in emotions. Yes, there's been some of that, hasn't there? Yes, there has. But, you know, no more or less than I would expect. Yeah. And, and that is something that I found hugely valuable in the sense that I never feel like I've had to put on a front or build up a pretense or show myself as a business person when I wasn't really feeling it. Or, you know, I've turned up to calls where we've just spoken about children and teenagers and it's all we've done for an hour was talk about that because that was the thing that was overwhelming and tearful and emotional and totally blocking me that week. And I can't imagine any other person or scenario where I could turn up and bring either that as like, this is a thing that's consuming me this week or come to you and say, I've got X, Y, Z business ideas and there's like 50,000 of them spilling out of my head. How do we sort through them? Well, the beauty (laughs) of a coach is that it's unique. So there isn't another coach on the planet like me. And either we gel or we don't, and you and I have. And I think we've become friends, it's true to say. But the thing you said at the beginning about honest, what were those qualities at the beginning? Uh, What we said, honest, generous and humorous. Yeah, they're me to a T, you're absolutely right. And And the thing is, I don't have any issues about my emotions or anybody else's you know I I totally I don't have any I wouldn't be embarrassed to discuss anything with anybody in fact some people have discussed really quite intimate stuff with me I'm not and the funny thing is about what you just said when we talked about teenagers I know no more about parenting and teenagers than I know about art 
no, the point uh, is I know about being a human being and I know about being a woman in business yeah. and, and, and I know what it takes. Yeah, it, it's funny because when I was at the start of that journey, I, I felt like what I needed was somebody who could teach me about the art world and how to get started in it and somebody who could teach me about all the technology that I felt that I was going to have to get my head around. Well, that's easier to find, I think, isn't it? Yes, and you don't even own a smartphone. No, I don't. In fact, uh, I tried to text somebody this morning. They sent me back something and I had to ring them up to find out what the symbol was because <laughs> it didn't work on my phone. Um, but I think, um, you know, I, I actually, and I discovered this about you when I was listening to you on this podcast in preparation for this one, which is we both agreed, didn't we, on Tuesday, we love the, we love the psychology of it all. Yeah, fascinating. But and I think what's interesting... The uniqueness, there's no other client... Well, that's what I love about it. There's no other client where I have the same discussions that I have with you. But also, I think what's interesting in that is that we can come to a situation thinking that we need A, B and C. And actually, what we get out of it is X, Y and Z. And also, you and I haven't always agreed and it still hasn't mattered. No. You know, what I want is to support you in whatever... Well, one of the best coaching questions I can say to a client when they turn up to a session is, how can I help you today? Yeah. So what we're dealing with is what's on the forefront of your mind today, which is getting in the way of what we're both enjoined in, which is a medium to long term plan of creating a sustainable living as an artist. OK, yeah. so what can I help you with today? And sometimes people go, oh, I don't know. And I go, those are the best ones, because then they're just totally free. So we sit there for a bit and we breathe in and out and something bubbles up that they either didn't want to tell me because they know they're going to cry or, yeah. you know, they didn't want to tell me straight out because it's difficult or they haven't thought it through properly yet or something or they think I'll yeah you know whatever that's or you don't realize it's quite so important as it turns out to no be that's a good talking. one that's it. a good one so the thing is to be there for them with whatever they present and I feel very confident that I can do that I can be there with a client with whatever they present even if I have to say I know absolutely nothing about that but it occurs to me that x y and z or I know somebody who we could get that specific techie advice from Okay, so here's a question then that comes up about this that I think is um, important to recognize. Lots of us, I might just be talking for me, are impatient. You know, we want solutions to things. We'd quite like things to happen sooner rather than later, please. And sometimes you have either a conversation or a month or a project that maybe doesn't go so well it certainly has, hasn't been that every single time we have a call or conversation, we leave it thinking, great, we did fantastic things there. I feel hugely moved on. But, and that was probably one of the things that I had to learn to understand about myself was that not every single time we had a call, not every single week I did any work, there was going to be this huge momentous shift. But part of that is about committing to something long term isn't it it's a long game alice um that the most powerful call i ever do often with clients is the first one because that relationship you described they've never had that they've never had that before yeah it's unique so they're not talking to their mum or their sister or no. their bestie or their husband or whatever they're talking to somebody 
who holds them in unconditional positive regard, which is a given with coaching. Um, and if I can't hold you in unconditional positive regard, I can't be your coach. Yeah. Um, and so that's like a really fertile, I always say it's like a window box, you know, we'll plant you in that and you're bound to do well because we're, it's warm and toasty and nurturing and it's filled with new soil and blah, blah, blah. So you're, you're bound to do well. But that first call, everybody loves and they're totally inspired. And then they have a desire that it goes like that every single time. Yeah. And it, it can't. No. Uh, and sometimes I'm disappointed. I haven't, oh, I haven't done some wizardry with them. But I can't do wizardry because it's the chemistry between the two of us and what you're going to bring and what we're going to talk about. And sometimes we get bogged down in something that can't resolve itself overnight. Um, yeah. If it's an issue that keeps coming back and back and back and back, then we do have to solve it in the end. But the main thing here is, is to get the client to perceive that what we've decided to work on together is worthwhile. Yeah and a medium to long-term gain yeah I, i'm not saying that nothing valuable happens overnight but you know i used to be a really good singer if i wanted to get my voice back i'd need to begin lessons again and i'm not going to come away from the first lesson like a you know top c soprano again no no you know no it's fun no <laughs> i mean I... much though i might want to <laughs> But also it kind of has to be like that, doesn't it? Because anything that we value in other people, we value in other people because we know they've spent the time nurturing and developing and perfecting that skill or their attitude to it or their approach to it, whether that's a doctor who's spent time studying or like... Often, we do, we often, just... often. I don't think it's exclusively so um, because sometimes we have amazing astonishing results i think it's a lumpy when i say it's a medium to long term i think it's lumpy i, well, think, I think we get little bursts yes exactly yeah. i agree with you i mean this is the 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 ten thousand hours of whatever it is yeah when I, when I was an accountant you know i was really i could do a VAT return with both my eyes shut you know whatever because i'd done a million of them yeah okay so in view of this i tell you what i did so as well as having our monthly monthly calls we also have a weekly every monday morning pretty much yes i send an email that basically says this is what happened last week now it was supposed to be three very short points wasn't it ideally um and actually you all demonstrated over and over and over again why i'm right on this point and you're all wrong what you all do is you make these massive to-do lists and then you're disappointed next week when you haven't done it and i actually set it up that you would do one or two things this week and you would come back and report that you'd done them or you hadn't and if you hadn't we'd roll them forward and if you hadn't done them indefinitely then we'd realize that you were never going to do them we'd make a new plan yes. but I don't care how people use this just as long as they do but from my perspective if I'm going to talk to you once a month what the Monday check-in does for me is tell take your temperature you yeah. know each week in between so it's not you're not coming once a month and I've forgotten who you are or the detail yeah. of it I'm up to date with all of your stuff and not just the check-in but you and I do PMing as well on important points yeah and there's a, there's a group that was that when we first started was much more active and now is a little bit less active well uh, first of all know it's there First of all, I've shrunk it on purpose. And secondly, yeah. secondly you're all much more competent business yeah. owners now. You know, yeah. We're five years into it, six years into it with some of them. And, and you don't have that endless need to check in. What does everybody else think? Um, and yeah. we, do, we do use it, what do you all think? But rarely. Yeah. But this weekly practice of mm. looking at where you've been, what I said I wanted to do, what might have changed in the meantime, I, I can't imagine now a time that i would ever stop doing that quite i do think it's useful really it's particularly useful for somebody of your personality type because you'll notice that not okay everybody, not everybody does it 
No. Um, and not a, only the, your personality types, and there's Karen and Sam and various people that do it. One lady writes to me privately, I don't mind how it comes, but some people are involved in projects that, doesn't, that don't work in that linear fashion. Yeah, I mean, I went back and I checked what my very first one included. Because I've got them all in yes. an email folder. Well, and also the group that they're in archives them all as well. Oh, does it? Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, did you do the same thing? Did you go and check? No, because you'd already sent me the email with it in. But talk to, <laughs> talk, talk to us about it. So what I think is funny about this is that this includes some things that I'm still dealing with to a greater yes. or lesser. Well, the, the, and the second one, the October one, proves the point. Anyway, read, read okay. it to us. So the first one says it included uh, a website that I had just started that I was too nervous to even put my name on. So I know that sometimes people look at me now and they kind of think, uh, she's kind of got it all sorted. I really hadn't, had I? <laughs> like, no. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't know how to do anything. Uh, anything but why would you i know why would i no. and do, it was do you know what it was called it doesn't exist anymore so don't go and look it up it was called creative tortoise i don't even really like the name very much do you it's like creative's lovely great word tortoise just means slow thing doesn't it well i think for me it <laughs> meant this idea of like you know the hare and the tortoise the tortoise ah. actually won the flipping race yes that's true you know so it was a kind of trying to lead myself into this acceptance that there wasn't going to be you know a huge massive fast shift that, yeah you know, the idea was that it was okay that this was going to be something that I was going to settle into and do slowly but yep. you know writing all this stuff publicly and putting my actual name on it oh my god terrifying <laughs> definitely not doing that um the other thing in that first one was trying to work out my time or hours against my family commitments. I don't think that's gone away. Very well, could, you, could we go to the October bit? Because it says something like, I've realised I can't do all the organising and all the creativity as well, doesn't it? And actually, that's still an issue for you and for me and for everyone. Yeah, it's, I say this has been quite a useful process. I realised, I ah, this was a slightly different thing. I have realised that I can't create and organise at the same time. Ah. Too much opposing energy. Yes, lovely. Lovely point. Yeah. And that's something that I try to kind of separate out a little and bit more clearly now. Is the organising what you meant when you talked about hangover stuff? Hungover stuff or whatever you Yes, call? probably. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that kind of stuff that just takes up brain space and you know is on your to do list that yeah. quite frankly you never really get to the bottom of, do you? Well Ever. there's no you don't, which is why there's ways of handling that. But do you know what I think is a boon for you right now as well which is your children are five years older than when we first started working together yeah so the more yeah. independent you were much it was your family to operate successfully required you to be much of a much more of a hands-on mum you still are who walks the dog you you yeah. know you still are um but now you can achieve as much separation as you need whenever you need it pretty much and you couldn't five years ago so that's important i think um and i think this is a really important point for anybody listening who is a, a mother, which is I do think it's important for mothers to show children that they either want to work or need to work or need to express their creativity or must have a life of their own separate from being a wife and a mother. You know, yeah. we, must, we must have something for ourselves, otherwise we go radio rental. Yeah, and that's something that, again, is a positive element that I think at the beginning wasn't what I thought that I was looking for um but has definitely turned out to be 
you know one of one of the things that for them i can see as an advantage and you know in a bigger sense i think you know they're at school now there's all sorts of talk about you know careers and yeah. what are you going to do what are you going to choose but that's all along actually quite predetermined yes. channels yes but so it was for you until you were how old were you when you started doing art properly 40. Yes, quite. So you went along predetermined channels when you went to university and then yeah. you got in a job and a career and then you met your husband and got married and had babies. Until that point, you went yeah. along for everybody does. Most, I didn't, but most people do that because that's normal in our society. And what, I mean, for me, it was, it was a kind of bigger sort of emotional turmoil that kind of churned all that up that made me think about things differently but do, yeah. do you find that most people have something in their life that does that to them that makes yes. them stop and take a step back and reconsider yes and do you know what it often is it's often one of these excuse me for sounding like an old age pensioner here it's one of these modern diseases with initials that didn't exist when i was younger and thank god they do exist so me and right. chronic fatigue and things like that which okay. mean people can't go to work yeah they're off sick for a period of time and they realize their job is making them sick yeah so in the end they leave their job and then they have spend a recovery period and then they put themselves together and then they go right what am i going to do now and actually expressing yourself is part of the healing yeah isn't it because a job didn't heal you I mean, if, if a job heals you, keep going to work. If it doesn't heal you, then we've got to find something that does. And healing, it's not, it's not even really healing. It's like revealing your true self, not pretending to be something that works in a corporate environment. Yeah, I mean, I think working environments have probably got, uh, well, so, yeah, well, intrusive, I think I would. Yeah you know much so much more you know it used to be that you would go to work when I worked you okay the hours might have been variable but you'd go to work you'd do your thing you'd leave and that was your life and quite, I, quite. I, you know what I've seen from my husband's work is the off time no it leaks yeah it, yeah it leaks yeah it's it's tricky um in terms of then so who else works with you who's creatively and do you see threads that come up that you think are perhaps more pertinent for people who are trying to bring a business or business elements out of their creativity than other people that you've worked with in the past? Um, when I started coaching, uh, I'd come from accounting and had five years off. But it was obvious in the noughties, 2002 onwards, really until until I made the decision to switch to working with the creative industries, um, I realized that when I'd, that I wasn't really an accountant, that I was a creative entrepreneur, because what I kept doing was creating businesses and building them up and selling them to other people to manage them. And um, they were in various different fields. And I, so what was, what people wanted from me in the early days was, could you show me how to run a business, Judith, and can you make it quick? Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what they wanted in the noughties. And then at some point I went, but you know what, I'm going to work with more creative people. Because actually, even though I, I say to you, and I love saying it to you, I'm not very arty. Um, I am a writer, as you know. And I consider almost everything I do, working with clients, everything I do to be creative. And once I gave myself permission to be creative, 
I wanted to work with other people who did that too. So what are the issues around being um, regarded as creative? I don't think they're terribly different because the, it's about ideas. It's about, well, it's about bringing something into the world, creativity for me and you, it's about bringing something into the world that wasn't there before. Yeah. It's about expressing yourself. You do it through your art. I do it through my business activities. Yeah. Uh, and we are swamped with marvelous ideas for things, which we yeah. have to, which we have to corral. So we're all broadly the same. The specifics yeah. are different, but we're all broadly the same, which is we don't, <clears throat> excuse me, back to your point about make it quick and, you know, we want overnight results. Creative ideas people with the, you know, the rush of ideas, the rush of ideas, the rush of ideas, the endless rush of new ideas. It, it's self-sabotage. We've got to pick something central. And you and I have talked about this a lot. We've got yeah. to pick something central and keep going back to the, keep going back to it. If we want results from it, we've got to focus on it to the exclusion of all else. And what I learned was you don't have to keep inventing something new. You corral all your creativity into the thing, the central thing. Yeah. And if the day comes when you say to me, I don't want to do art anymore. I want to do, I don't know, uh, thatching. We'll bring it. <laughs> we'll bring it to thatching. Do you know what I mean? It, it you know it doesn't mean it's uncreative. It's like oh, yeah. all the ideas I have now are on another thing. But yeah. we can't do that every week. Which is how my clients who are not successful uh, cut themselves off at their knees by changing their minds endlessly about the project. So it's back to it's back to this idea of time, then, isn't it? And making sure that we're giving the thing time to develop in all its richness. Well, do you know, if you've picked the right thing, I don't think that's hard. No, I know. You pick the I think that thing, was one of, impossible. <laughs> that was one of the first questions that kind of came, that came up. What, or I can't even remember where it came from now. But it was like, you know, are, are, would you be happy to do, are you happy to do this almost with no return from it for the next 10 years? Are you yeah. ever going to run out of ideas on this topic? No. Well, no, and my, my twin interests, I'm never going to run out of interest in them either. And, you know, if you know that about yourself, I mean, clients that you and I know in our group have morphed, but they haven't essentially changed. Yeah. No, and, and I think that that morphing thing is very useful. And it's yep. also interesting to see, I mean, I can look back now and see what ideas I took from that home group that was a no-goer. I'm now using in other ways yes. and my graphic design degree. I still get satisfaction when I get to use certain elements of those. Yeah. So and I still all... love doing my accounts. Nothing's wasted. Yes. Is it? No. Whereas accounts for me are still my yes. <laughs> nemesis. Achilles heel. Yes. Although you just put it off because it's not your favorite job. When you get around to doing it, you quite love it. We all do. We get that buzz of having ticked it off the list. Yeah. It's like filling in forms with yes. little boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like it. <laughs> um, so what's the one, is that the one thing then that you wish people would take on board a kind of commitment to a degree of longevity i think it's useful what's the one thing i want people to take on board i like that point you made about organizing versus doing i like that one very much that realization you had although you're saying it's about energy actually it is about when people stack themselves up with those lists on monday morning i think to myself yeah. well, dream, dream on yeah uh, and i try to pull out of those reports one thing yeah. I can say, oh, look, I like this, because yeah. that, that's encouraging. And that's my job, to be an encourager. What do I, what's the one thing? I know it's the thing that Ed Sheeran said, and it's the thing that Mark Bonson said last Saturday night. In the, I don't know if you've seen it yet. There was a program about him on BBC Two. They both said the same thing, which is, 
when I gave up trying to please other people and started to please mm. myself with my creativity. Uh, and actually, Mark Ronson said, in, in a commercial slump, he said, what if I never make any money from this? And, he, and the answer was, if I do work I'm proud of and pleased with and happy about, I, yes. how, can, how can I go wrong? Yes. So yes, that's yes, about yes. having a little bit of faith in yourself as a creative, as a creator. Okay, so if you're at the stage then where you don't quite have that faith and trust in yourself as a creator in yep. order to, like, you can have hear that thing and you think, yeah, that's great for you, Mark Ronson. Yeah, but they weren't Mark Ronson and Ed Sheeran when they had that idea. We never, we didn't even know who they were. That's the point, no. you see. So it's so quite brave. How do you, okay, so how do you get to that point where you yeah. feel like you don't quite have that trust in yourself? Yeah. You understand conceptually that it's going to make time. Yep. Does it just come down to a bit of like old fashioned knuckling down? And well, that's where I come it? into it, really, because if it's a good idea, I'm going to be excited about it with you. So yeah. that's quite encouraging. But actually, as Nicola would say, what's the alternative? Squeeze yourself into a misshapen box for the rest of your life. Oh, go on then, be miserable if you like. Or we can give full <laughs> reign to your glorious potential to be your unique opportunity to be you. Oh, yeah. Can you see people? these conversations are quite fun well uh, yes they are quite fun aren't they but they're quite challenging sometimes they we disagree be. yeah we do they should be challenging sometimes yeah. what's the I'm not, I'm not here just to be nice no but okay, I am, right. you know if you were less robust i wouldn't be nasty or challenging to you on a day when you're in tears about your boy no and i think i've always been quite straightforward with you and said you know i can handle this and yet, and also, you know me to know where my tenders well, are. I, I, my job is to assess you. And we're speaking together on the phone. I know we know each other quite well. But I, I can get people quite quickly from early on. So my job, whatever you say to me, is to hear it in every sense. And that's why I only do this on audio, because that's how I've been trained to do it. I hear what you say. I hear what you don't say. I hear what you're breathing. I hear you're about to burst into tears. I hear, I hear and feel I'm with you. I'm totally with you when I'm with you. You know, if you're boring and I'm not totally with you, then I don't want to be your coach or to have you as my client. I'm with you. And we're, and actually I'm going to go on in our last section to talk about what that costs me because it does actually. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it's, it's an honor by and large to do this work. And what we've discovered is, oh, we're getting fantastic results. Okay, so here's a brutal question then, yeah, which yeah. I don't think I've ever asked you before. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see how you answer it. Okay. Where have I still got most work to do? I guess on myself, on the way that I do things. I don't think there's anything wrong with you that needs fixing, all right? Interesting, there is still a challenge, isn't there, around the hangover organising versus going to the studio and what, what's what's the yeah. one thing I always say to you which is could you just go into the studio and make more art please because yeah. that's what I because I my goal and it may not be yours and it, in that case it's wrong is I want to see Dame Alice Sheridan before I die okay so I want you to be the fullest most fully expressed version of yourself you can be and first and foremost that's an artist yes you are doing all these other things at the moment which I wasn't a big fan of at the beginning but you've won me round but you you are instinctively a businesswoman as well actually so you were right to press forward with those but you've what you've done is you've given yourself you've limited your studio time and actually yep. you wouldn't want to be in the studio 48 hours a week because it wouldn't make any sense 
Um, so it's the juggling, I suppose. And, and, and again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Alice. I don't think there's yeah. anything, I don't come to the calls now and think, oh, still got so much work to do with that, Alice Sharon. I, I don't. I think that we are, we are, what is it they say on Star Trek? We're, you know, exploring new frontiers. Yeah, and, and also sometimes I think you can only know, like we, we did have this debate about, you know, how much of you know, setting up the membership club as a distraction or working with other people as a distraction or, you know, even doing this podcast as a distraction. Um, and perhaps this year I've learned that, yes, those things can perhaps go too far. And this kind of pendulum you've almost got to learn to do it wrong before you can learn to do it right and and for that to be okay yeah okay there's no wrong and also you're not tied into anything forever are you no, no. You know, i tried that and adjust. i didn't like it yeah i yeah. tried that i didn't like it i'm not going to do it again i'm not going to keep banging my head against yeah it. yeah that's the biggest thing isn't it really is that i think so often in I don't know, other areas of our lives, exams. I don't know, there's a definitive end to something and it gets judged as being... Well, I always look for the, the thing that makes me feel okay about it. So something I realised early on when driving was, as long as you don't kill or maim, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. there's, there's the equivalent of that in everything. You know, what, how could you possibly hurt anybody with your art? Yeah. And even when you do something that doesn't go right, those are often the best things because you they sit are. down and you look they at are. them and you think, well, you know, I really didn't like doing that. Well, which bit of it did you not like and how would you do it again differently next I don't, time? I don't think you can do art wrong. No, you, no, you can't do art wrong. I, I, I think, I suppose I'm thinking about all the other things that we yes. mould and yes. manage and manipulate into a space. Well, that's so. interesting, isn't it? So uh, the extent to which we have to mould and manage and manipulate, I love alliteration, as you know, but we, that's what we all have to do as human beings who are yeah. one, one man and one woman bands. Yeah, with very busy lives. Yes. So, so where, where are you with coaching now? If anybody's listening to this thinking, because there's two things. So anybody can get hold of your book, which I would enormously recommend. So the book is 52 questions, right? Yes, uh, which were submitted by readers because the interesting thing is you're encouraged as a coach to create a signature program. I haven't got one because I love all my clients individually and they yeah. never, they don't fall into any, yeah, I'm, not repeat, always... I'm not repeating myself over and over again. No. So one, I always wanted to write a book. I'd written thousands of newsletters and words and blogs and stuff and but I didn't know what to write about and then it occurred to me when I was out driving one day oh I'll get them to send in questions so they sent in questions and I answered them in the sort of way that we have coaching conversations which is encouraging but yeah. quite quite marmitey yeah and it's a lovely lovely book so it's called your biz your way and there which is are... what I believe by the yeah. way that's the point yeah. isn't it your business Alice your way yeah and you can dip in and out or flick through or go through it cover to cover or probably do both and that's I will put links to that but you can find it on Amazon or on Judith's website so you know anybody can get hold of that but where are you with coaching at the moment okay so um, it's interesting that this question should come up on art juice the podcast because I work with both you and Louise but in different ways yeah so you're one of my regulars um, in Club 100 where we work together month by month by month by month by month uh, or year by year and um, Louise books in ad hoc when she feels like it so those are the two ways that I work with people pay what you want on an ad hoc basis or join club 100 and pay a fee and commit to a minimum of a year because of yeah. the reasons we've described 
Um, so nip along to judithmorgan.com. I, I tried before this call to get my contact page to come back up, but it wouldn't. So there's a link to my Facebook page. Go there, send me a message, get in touch. We'll schedule a, a call. The first one's always free um, in one way or another. And really, if you want to be an Alice or a Louise, I'd love to help. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing I would say is, you know, don't go to that website and this is another thing expecting it to be I think we see so much really kind of super slick super polished and you know I'm a bit of a nerdy perfectionist about stuff sorry Judith your website is like not the most beautiful thing oh, I think it's very beautiful but it is old-fashioned yes because I don't I don't like those ones that everybody else has adopted where you have these wide wide i don't know what even what big to photos them. blocks of color that you have to scroll down one long page i have yeah. a nap bar because i am 64. Okay. <laughs> okay so what i'm saying is don't be don't be put off by the website simply because we're so used to be seeing other people what you've got to go with well, is the conversation that we've had today and you'll know whether you know well there's another point if i may make it yeah which is you're going to the website not of an artist but of an accountant turned business <laughs> okay <laughs> So I hope you um, enjoyed that conversation. I just really wanted to share with you Judith's wisdom and uh, also probably as a way to say publicly, oh, I'm going to get tearful now, um, publicly thank you. Well, it's been an honour and, and I do think we have become friends and uh, as you know, sometimes I even pick your brains. So if you don't have anybody like this in your life, please find them. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Yeah, and, and actually, many of your listeners would be thinking, "I'd like a coach, but it's never going to be Judith Morgan because, oh my God, she's so X, Y, and Z." And that's the magic, you see. You've yeah. Got to the person with whom you gel, and that's yeah. what, that's what you and I did. And and some of it, I think, is just the commitment to. If you're in that position of thinking, "I want a coach to help me with something," some of that is that mental commitment that you've that you've made that this is a thing that's important to you, and you're going to support it in any way you can to see it through. Um, which I think is also another critical sort of milestone in just how you take yourself seriously, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Seriously is the wrong word, but you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. All right, so we're going to finish off as usual with what's inspired us this week. Uh, do you want to go first or should I go first? Oh, I think I should go first because you'll probably end up with something arty, will you? Yeah, well, yeah. it's not so arty, but go on, off you go. Okay, so it's always my clients, and I wanted to say this for a particular reason, because it, it sounds cheesy, but I think it's important to discuss with you, because you're doing more coaching and workshop facilitation. I want to tell you what the downside risk of it is, which I alluded to earlier. As okay. you put more and more of your energy, or in my case, all of my focus and energy into other people, they overtake you. Right. Can you yeah. see that? Because so, yeah. you and I are working on your project, so you're going to overtake me in your success because there's two of us on it, not just one of us on it. So, yeah. you know, they become more successful than I am because we're working on their business, you and me, and my business is to work with you on yours. So, for in I wanted to give you a couple of examples so it didn't sound too cheesy. This week, a writer client of mine who's been working on a novel for ages had another poem published, and I felt a pang I might have liked to have had a poem published, for instance, but while my focus is going into her and her business and her novel, that's less likely, not impossible, but less likely because my focus is on my clients and therefore I'm, a, I'm inspired 
by their achievements and their advances, but sometimes it comes at a small personal cost because of where I've chosen to put my focus. Does that sound churlish? Um, I wanted you to understand in the coaching that you're doing that you're, what you're doing, and it's wonderful, is giving your life juice to other people. Yes. Instead of? And isn't it crazy how some of the some of the battles that I think I've done are, you know, as a mother, what do you do? You give your life juice. And then, as you say, they're just kind of, well, my mum reckons they're never grown up. But, you know, just as that is kind of coming to a close, yes. I'm filling it with something else. That well, feels, only for now. Only for now. Yeah, it feels Maybe. equally important. But um, I think it, it makes perfect sense. But I think also th those little kind of flags, you know, it's the same for you, isn't it? If it you is. That, how, we go back to moulding and manipulating then. How can you possibly change your time so that you have well, more time on your projects? Well, I wrote a book in August because generally I don't do coaching in August and December. And, yeah. you know, the idea came to me and when I was ready, I could write it. But I'd coached many people through writing books before then with the little pang of, when are you going to write your book, Judith? And the answer yeah. was when I had the right idea. But going back to your point about when you were giving your life juice to your children, I think that's what you should do because you brought children into the world. It's your responsibility to do yeah. that. You know, yeah. they've got to come first. And my book talks about this. They've got to come first because initially you've got to keep them alive. And yeah. then, then you've got to create decent human beings and then you've got to facilitate separation. And in many respects, that's the same as a, as a coaching journey. I've got to help the, the client keep their, you know, their business alive. And in the end, I've got to facilitate separation because I'm not trying to create dependency on me. Um, so I think there's a periods of time in our lives and businesses where our, our life juice has to go in different directions. But the reason I know I've been so successful in business is because I've never been married and not had any children. Because is that a very high, high cost to pay? No, I didn't, I didn't want to either of those things, but I didn't have to split my focus. I could be selfish. Yeah, okay, I get you. But what's inspired me, it's always my clients. If I think, you know, oh, somebody's going to ask me about that. What's inspired me? Oh, so-and-so published a poem. You know, somebody had an art show. And, you know, I was proud of them. Yeah, it's a lovely thing to see and be part of. Well, it is, but it's somebody else's success. And I just wanted to make the point to you and anybody else who's running art courses, whatever, just to be reconciled with if you're putting all of your energy and focus into somebody else, they're going to overtake you. And I remember there as a coach, the first time I learned that, it's like, oh, they've overtaken me. Oh, of course they have. It's yeah. me and them running their business, you know. Yeah. But it's and okay. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. But that's where my inspiration is as well, because their results... I'm partially in that. Yes, yes. So it's a kind of, yeah, I get it's it. Shared, yeah. It's good. Okay, so I've been inspired a little bit this week by going back to, and I think this is the morning working again. Um, I don't like Radio 2 in the morning, sorry. So I've been back to uh, Radio 4 in the morning. And I was thinking again this morning. So I, the one that I'm talking about is uh, last Friday, Michael Rosen was on Woman's Hour talking about boredom and its role in creativity. So I'll put the mm. link in the show notes. So last Friday would have been, I'm doing a quick calculation in my head, the 11th of October, but I will put the, the link in the show notes because I think that's that idea of, you know, boredom and how we evolve ideas out of it is important. 
but also actually you know over the course of the week you know listening to woman's hour and this is a bit of a not a, 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 a not an issue between my husband and I but I think because you know when you talk about um and it's very much like so Judith um also has a fantastic podcast called own it and last week Sue Ritchie was on there talking about what aboutery and Sue is a business coach for women and she's the thing is that she says that people have these meetings and you set something up to support women and that there's always somebody at the back of the room going but what about men and what about you know and it was kind of like, yeah, what about it and and I've just felt this this week listening to Women's Hour it's been really inspirational it, there's so much amazing kind of stories going on there but there are also some awful heartbreaking stories and things that just aren't getting and the frustration of you know, listening to women's medical issues that aren't getting recognition or treated or it's really annoying. Sorry, that's not inspiration, is it? But it is because I think it gives, puts fire in your belly a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, if we find things that give us that fire in our belly, you know, whether it is, like you say, a little flash of envy that you see in somebody else or something that, you, you know rises your heckles a bit that that's that's a good thing and we can use that as inspiration so yes that's back to point. bbc radio women's hour in particular but not just okay. women's hour actually their whole morning programming i really cool. enjoy cool. so thank you so much for spending time with me again <laughs> were you sobbing no i've had a lovely time i mean you know there's nothing i'd rather do than chat and almost nothing i'd rather do than chat to you alice but it's fun isn't it you know so there we go we can take whatever we like and make a business around it um <laughs> and just just enjoy it Indeed. so i will put all the links and everything in show notes you can find more about judith at judithmorgan.com where you can also go and buy her book which is called your biz your way which is fab and the podcast is called own it um which is judith in discussion very much like this and um you know if you enjoy louise and i's chat you will enjoy judith and nicola for very much of the same reasons and do you know what we've been doing it for the almost exactly the same five years that you and i have been working together we started it at the end of 2014 i think and um we weren't very good at the beginning <laughs> always the way yeah we got better so all that conversation we've had today about being prepared to have a give it, give it a go and get good at it we've done 250 episodes now more often than not the more recent ones are corkers yeah yeah no there's some real real cracking ones in there i mean all you have to do is kind of scroll through the titles and you've got you know enough fantastic squidgy listening to listen to for a long <laughs> long long time so yeah head over and find own it too all right that's it from us then this week we will see you next time i will be back with louise we'll see you next week thank you bye and i'm looking at you now and of course we're identical because i've got the same ears and the same microphone as you and glasses and things it's not a great look on a bird is it <laughs> Oh, that good. What, the air traffic controller? Like? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, well, this was originally when we had these first in my business group, we used to call it the Madonna look, but the air traffic controller is quite exciting, yes. <laughs>
awful Ken Bruce, then awful Jeremy Vine. I know. Fortunately, a disc jockey drives and arrives with some humour and tunes at two o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know, you know, really, can they get rid the of Ken Bruce? The morning is, oh please, let's get a petition together. You get in the car and it's like 25 past nine, oh fuck, Ken Bruce will be here in a minute. <laughs> he is desperate, isn't he? But it's a complete throwback to like 1980s. <sighs> I'm off school feeling sick and Ken Bruce is on the radio and I'm thinking it's 2019. Oh, like my parents used to listen to Ken Bruce and they've been dead since 1990. <laughs> I draw the line at dogs, not that I don't love them, but uh, as you also know, I've got slightly dodgy knees and I'm worried about being pulled over by over-enthusiastic dogs in the park. <laughs> oh, and they just take so much more work. <laughs> well, you, we had a dog, didn't we, in our coaching call on Tuesday yeah, that wanted to come, the Labrador at my end, that wanted to come in through the doors and then wanted to be let out again. But they're, they're, they're lovely um, and the Labradors slobber all over my floors, which is a mixed blessing.